Welcome to Artistic Beginnings. I'm Mitch. And I'm Melody. We're siblings who grew up working in the entertainment industry and were deeply impacted by the arts. I'm a professional actor, singer, and dancer working in Los Angeles and New York, still pursuing an artistic career. I, on the other hand, am no longer pursuing that career. I went on to become a researcher, though I'm still involved in the creative industry. Artistic Beginnings is all about the winding artistic paths that creatives follow in their lives. We share these inspirational stories with you so that you can learn and grow as a creative. So, let's get into it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to yourself, too, Melody. Thank you. And welcome back to yourself, Mitchell. Thank you. Um, <laughs> this is Artistic Beginnings, where we are really good at creating introductions. Might as well just call us Artistic Introductions. <laughs> artistic introduction. New podcast idea. Just introductions. The whole podcast is just introducing new topics. <laughs> That's podcast number 27. Wonderful. Okay. Add it to the backlog. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this week we have Jacqueline on the show. Ooh, it was a real pleasure talking with her. Uh, it was really interesting yeah. seeing all of the different little cool tricks and things that led to her eventual work on, on Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. All of the fun little paths that she didn't even know were going to happen. Uh, but yeah, I love Jackie. Her energy is like my favorite thing in the world. But yeah, I should we just jump in? Yeah, let's Let just jump in. To... I think she says it best and, you know, we don't want to ruin it with a terribly artistic introduction. Very true. All right. Here's Jackie. Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> here's Jacqueline. Nobody in my family is in the industry whatsoever. I think pretty much most of my family is afraid or hates cameras. So very odd that I have chosen this line of work. But I was, so I was at my brother's swim lesson at like three years old. And I had this curly head of hair that was like platinum blonde. It looks like I had a little afro. And my mom tells me that there was this lady who kind of kept staring at me. And she was very obviously weirded out by it. It. And yeah, so later on, yeah, right. <laughs> and so this lady eventually approached my mom and was like, Hey, have you ever considered, you know, putting your daughter into modeling or acting or anything? And she was like, well, we, my sister, my mom's sister tried to get my brother who's four years older than me into acting and modeling and it didn't really work out. So she was like, yeah, I kind of tried it. And she was like, okay, well, here's like a list of kid-friendly agencies and stuff. And my mom submitted a picture of me, I think. And I ended up getting an agent in Chicago. So pretty much I started off doing a lot of modeling and commercials. I did a lot of stuff with American Girl Doll and Bitty Babies and Kohl's. But kind of from there, what really captivated me to stay in the industry was around five and six years old. I started doing a bunch of student films with Columbia College in Chicago. And that was like really when I became super passionate about it. I was filming one of my first student films in Indiana. It was like, I think a week long shoot and it was like two in the morning. You know, it's like a student mm -hmm. film. So you're filming like 18 hours a day. <laughs> like I loved it. And I, I would have to go to school the next day. And then my, my poor mom was like, I, I made you go to school the next day after we got home from Indiana at like four in the morning. And the poor nurse called my mom and was like, 
uh, your daughter is falling asleep in class. Oh, <laughs> and my mom's no. like, oh, no. She's like, okay, maybe I got to bring her home. But that was kind of my way into industry. And kind of ever since then, as I kept getting older, it just started becoming less and less of like a fun hobby and became something that I was like, wow, this could really be kind of my career that I focus on the most in my life. So, yeah. I love that. Uh, one of my first experiences on film was also a student film at, with a student from Columbia, jo Josh Stamen. Do you remember him, Melody? Yeah, I remember. Uh, Columbia College Mitch had the, the same. Yeah, he had the same kind of thing <laughs> where it was like super late night shoots. I was, I don't even remember how old I was. I must have been super young when you had done it because mom was like, you can't stay up that late, Melody. But I wanted to watch. <laughs> yeah, and then there's Jacqueline, also that age, very, very young, staying exactly. up to all yeah. hours. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Jacqueline, do you remember? remember how you stayed up even when you were performing or or like part of the the set I just think I have chronic energy I don't know where it comes from <laughs> or how but like I mean I just remember it was 2 a.m like you would think that a five-year-old child would be dead like working all day or and just cranky no as hell. I, I think right but no I you know what it's probably because I eat all the time and I, <laughs> like I'm pretty like I still have this memory of that day where I'm in this like red onesie pajama and that my mom in the movie was pushing me out of this window into the like snow in these like galoshes these yellow galoshes over and over again and I actually quite didn't like that because she was actually quite aggressive with her pushing and I was like well um okay oh, <laughs> I was like not, come not on, a lady. professional stunt fit. woman <laughs> yeah and shoot five-year-old Jackie knew she was like nope this isn't right it's like but, this is not um, how I'm supposed to be treated on set <laughs> yeah. no I just remember though like aside from that memory that I was eating a salad why I know that I have no idea but I know I was eating a salad with like ranch dressing and stuff so um maybe it's food <laughs> yeah food giving you that competitive energy that, right. that you need yeah. to, to stay up that's awesome so with that experience did you have kind of from that point the idea that oh this is this is something i'm, I'm going to pursue for the rest of my life or or even not sure if that's even your your goal right now like i'm not sure if you want to be a performer for the rest of your life is that is that accurate yeah, well, it, it's interesting because nobody in my family is in the industry. It, I definitely always had a lot else going on while I was acting. It was definitely always kind of just like a really cool part of me, but it was also just a hobby that was for fun. So I definitely always kind of was always thinking about college and always thinking about, you know, other career options and stuff like that. So, I mean, as much as I really am focused on acting, I definitely, especially within the last like, three years and after Power Rangers, I definitely feel like this is something that I'm really trying to pursue as my full-time career. But I am actually still planning on college and I do still want to kind of keep my options open because I do know I change my mind a lot. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. I, and I, I feel like I'm not a one passion kind of person. I definitely like a lot of different things. So yeah, I'm not really sure, I guess. But I definitely right now in this last three years and this year for sure, I am very determined to keep really pushing for acting to see how, how it can keep unraveling after Power Rangers. Mm, amazing. Keeping your options open. That's always, that's critical for, for any creative, I feel like. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because I, I always growing up was in school and 
doing all these other things while acting. And when I went off to Power Rangers, that was supposed to be my first year of college. And so instead of college, I obviously was working full time in New Zealand for the year. And then kind of during that time, I was still had the mentality of like, okay, I'm going to come back and go straight back into school. And that's kind of just going to be it. But because I was kind of the youngest person and on the whole production, I was surrounded by, you know, my castmates were like 26 year olds who already either went to college or have been pursuing acting as their full time career. So it was interesting because then it kind of influenced me to be like, well, maybe what I do is I take another year off and I focus literally everything I can if I can. So I had to talk to my parents about that. But I was like, I'm just going to focus all of my energy on acting this next year and see what what really devoting everything to it can do for me. And so I did that this year. And I actually noticed that it's it's not as positive as I thought it would be. Mm. Because I don't have any other things going on, it does make you way more desperate and kind of like you feel like you're just not accomplishing a lot because it is such a huge waiting game. Even when you are keeping yourself busy, I was like, wow, I actually think if I had more going on that was outside of acting, I would feel like I'm actually doing more. <laughs> yeah, I can anyways, totally <laughs> I can totally relate to that. I mean, it's especially when you grow up like, you know, me and Mitch did as well, doing school and acting at the same time, you kind of get really good at that multitasking of still pursuing what you want to do, but having other things to distract yourself isn't the right term, but to just kind of keep yourself occupied with. So it's not yeah. all just about the one thing. And especially with acting, I mean, we all know, like you said, it's a massive waiting game and it's so unpredictable that sometimes when that's all you have your focus on, it can get really frustrating really quickly to just be like, well, why isn't it happening? Or, you know, not having right. something else to put your energy on. It, it's tough. For sure. Definitely. I'd also say it's better for keeping you well-rounded and kind of aware of what else is going on in the world rather than just being in one kind of space. I always found that when I was finding something like a hobby to fill up my time or learn something new, that it would inform the other things that I was doing. So by virtue of of doing all these extra things, you're probably becoming a a better actor or a, a better person just understanding kind of what's going on in culture. Jacqueline, when you're doing any of these things, are do you have any other examples of like things in your life that you did next to your your acting that kind of brought in skills to kind of supplement the acting portion of your life? Yeah. So growing up and still currently, I played soccer. I did gymnastics. I was on dance teams. I used to actually be on a hip hop crew back in Chicago <laughs> for about seven years. Hell yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was, I, I I think I peaked at that time in my life because <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm this like little blonde white girl on this hip hop team and that was my life for seven years and it was amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, dance was, dance is still continues to be a huge passion of mine. Just even like now I, I just kind of take classes here and there, but I mean, dance, I think has been one of the biggest kind of connectors to every aspect of my life, whether it's just my mental health and my acting abilities and just kind of staying connected to, to myself and just kind of, I don't know. It's just like a very spiritual thing, I guess. I, I don't know if that's the right word to use, but yeah. dance has kind of helped me with that. And yeah. Do you feel like you express yourself through dance at all? And that's what you get from it? Or is it something else entirely? 
I think that's pretty much what it is. It's like, yeah, I guess that's kind of my easiest way for me to express myself. I definitely find if I'm just kind of in a mood or I'm feeling sad or inspired, I definitely always go to dance. I always say I don't I don't really have a favorite song or a genre. I have just like a bunch of random songs. I like to find things that are like not often listened to. Like they have maybe not a lot of views or likes or whatever. And I like to find like the hidden gems, something that just really makes you want to drive your car you know at night down the 405 or you know just go run down the beach or something that just like instantly brings you this image in your head or a feeling that you like okay how am I going to express this right now because I have to <laughs> yeah totally did I even answer the question I, I feel like I, <laughs> I <laughs> no you did you 100% did okay good it's I mean <laughs> I think also, again, when you are young in the industry, and I I think even if you start in the industry later in life, having different outlets of it, of not just having, you know, acting, but also having a a dance outlet that you maybe don't do as, you know, a, this is what I want my career to be, but just kind of as an artistic outlet for yourself. And I 100% can feel you on listening to a song and having an image and being like, all right, this is what I want to feel. And this is how we're going to do it. And yeah, totally. Yeah. (laughs) Do you use any of your dancing skills as a Power Ranger? You know, dancing, yes. I Dancing helped me so much because I randomly stumbled into stunts the year before I got Power Rangers. Like, completely coincidental. Wow. Didn't even know. I it was, it was nuts. Like, the universe, like, really put everything into place that year before. But, yeah. How yeah, did dance, you come across, sorry to, to cut you off, but how did you no, no even worries. come across uh, stunt work? So, okay, again, literally another random story. I had just moved back to LA with my mom and my dad had come to help us move in and we were at this car wash and my dad's looking at this guy's Tesla and my dad being <laughs> the friendly man and nosy man that he is. <laughs> Bless All his dads heart. are he the goes same. Over to this, <laughs> yep. <laughs> he goes over to this guy and is like talking to him about his Tesla. Lo and behold, my dad like comes over, he's taking selfies with this guy and me and my mom are like, what, what is going on? Who is this guy? And this guy ends up being Ilram Choi, who is the Spider-Man stunt double for the Spider-Man movies. Oh my and god. He starts talking. Yeah, and he's like, Oh, I live down the street. Like, you know, yeah, you know, I do stunts and whatever. And I was like, Oh, huh. Like, I what is stunts? How do you how do I get into that? And then he mm-hmm. told me about this place called XMA, which is Mike Chat, who is a previous Blue Ranger. He his business where he he basically teaches like stunts and just kind of business savvy stuff with the industry. And mm-hmm. I ended up going to him. I trained with him for six months. He ended up being like, hey, Power Rangers be- is being cast. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay. And he's like, you should go out for it. Went out for it. And then everything sort of just happened. So and here we are. <laughs> my, and here we are. So thank you, dad, for being the, the man you are <laughs> and talking to random people. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I want to hear the story about you and Rory reconnecting. Yes. Okay, so I think this was this was the final testing audition. And there was just like, I mean, I think there was like 20, 20 people for for I think there's like maybe three, three people for each color mm-hmm. ranger. And I was just kind of like warming up. I'm like waiting. I don't really know anybody. And then I turn around and I see Rory like signing in. And, and I did literally a triple take because mm-hmm. I was like, wait, I, I know this person. Who is he? And then I was like, oh, my God, it's Rory. 
And then he saw me. He did the same thing. He was like, wait, I know I know this person, but who is she? And then we were like, holy crap. What? And then... Even better, I don't know if he's going to hate me for this, but we were all testing and we were there all day. And everybody would go in one at a time and they would, you know, say kind of like how it went. And Rory came back out of his testing and he was like, well, guys, I punched the camera. And we were like, what? (laughs) He's like, yeah, you know, they said at the beginning, really be spatially aware. I don't really know what happened, but during my routine, uh, I definitely punched the camera. (laughs) And so naturally... All of us in the room were like, all right, well, this guy's not getting it. Like, sorry, dude, but <laughs> I'm sorry, it. Rory, but they, literally they gave you one thing to do and you couldn't yeah. do it. <laughs> but so we were so excited because we were like, oh, please get it. That would be so incredible if we got to work with each other. Right. And then, you know, I thought all hope was lost. This guy punched the camera. <laughs> right. But like, God damn it, you ruined what, it for us. But that was his quirk. That was the thing that they were like, that stood out. So I was like, hey, man, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Lesson learned. Always punch the camera. I'm really curious. This is a complete tangent, but I, what was that audition process like? Because was it how, like, I obviously I'm sure you had to do a lot of fight choreography as well, but what was that whole audition process like? How did it start? And with the testing, were they, did they give you something to do or did you just kind of do your own routine? Like what, what was that like? It was definitely a long process, probably the longest that I've ever, yeah, had to experience. So basically, we all had the same sides, which were like maybe I think three, four pages of just kind of stock sides that they had from previous years. So that was honestly like the easy part. That was like I did my work on it and then I was like, okay, cool. But the hardest part was the physical part because they did not give us anything to do. They just said, bring in like a minute of your best kind of choreography and they were we're kind of, I think, looking for a specific kind because the Power Rangers do a lot of cool poses and a lot of stances and they just want it to look very powerful as opposed to like be super impressive, I think. Right. So that was kind of a, a doozy to try and figure out because one, I was I was fairly still new at the whole stunt stuff, but basically I ended up just, you know, figuring out, okay, what kind of things can I bring to it? I know I can throw some punches. I could do a couple of cool stances. I can do a cartwheel. I could kick kind of high and I could do a kip up. So I was like, okay, cool. Let me try and do something with this. Mm-hmm. So basically I just spent weeks choreographing this stuff and there's about six auditions in total wow. and each time they kept bringing back they're like we'll make it shorter and make it more like explosive and it was mm. like oh my gosh okay <laughs> then finally I think between the last two auditions we had like a month to train and I actually had asked Dennis he at the time his studio had the same exact floor which was like this concrete type of flooring that the audition room had Ooh. and I was like oh my god that would be perfect to practice in so that like I know exactly how slippery or whatever yeah, and, you and don't I'm like used to yeah and I convinced Dennis I was like please he was going out of town too which I was like <laughs> oh my luck but right. I convinced him to let me take his keys and practice in there for I think like two weeks before my audition That's and awesome. I just I kept drilling it and drilling it and drilling it and I, I think I worked out three times a day for Damn, his audition Jackie. process yeah I, this was truly the hardest I had ever worked for I think anything in my life wow. it was it was one of those things where I, I went into the room and I really 
basically it was like, if I don't get this, it's totally fine because I know that I just did the absolute best that I could have done all of my stuff that I trained for. So it's like, if I don't get it, it's just obviously not in my path. But Mm -hmm. like, I also can't see not getting it because I know. You're like, but I also put in so much goddamn work. So please. (laughs) I'm not like never happened. Never have I ever said that about like one of my auditions was like, oh, I know I killed that. So it was like, it was very eye opening too as to how hard I could truly work on something. Yeah. Did you do anything else when you were doing that training? Were you doing any other auditions or anything else? Kind of other passions? Um, That was actually a really slow year for me. So that was kind of like probably one of like maybe four auditions I had had the whole year. It really was because I mean, I was all set for college. I was like, well, you know, I'm going to just go and kind of like do acting on the side for now. But then this came along and it really was just like, wow, I have all this time now. And I it was just so coincidental that I had already been training stunts. I was working with a personal trainer already before the process. So it really was that whole thing that we talked about the luck is just preparation meeting opportunity because it was like I had already been preparing for something I didn't even know I needed to be preparing for so it really was just such a great lesson and full circle for me (laughs) yeah yeah and it's literally like your mantra coming to life of just really proving that when you put in the work and you have that preparation the second that opportunity comes up you're ready for it yeah definitely Yeah, I think one of the things that people don't realize about that saying of of luck is only preparation meeting opportunity is they're looking for the opportunity and then doing a bunch of preparation for it when I feel think Mm -hmm. the way that it's worked in more often in my life, you don't actually see the opportunity until it hits you in the face and you've been doing it for the past 20 years. So you've been preparing for something that didn't exist in your mind, but then the opportunity comes up and like, oh yeah, I know how to juggle or, oh yeah, I do stunts. It's just following your passion and then your passion matches up with an unexpected opportunity. Yeah, that's so true. I love that you said that that way because it definitely can be overwhelming. Like I remember there was a time in my life where I was like, okay, I, I just need to learn a a new skill every single day like I need to go horseback riding I need to learn how to skateboard I need to learn how to do this and it was like whoa I mean especially (laughs) as actors I'm bad at it too I'm like because I have I have roller skates and I want to get into roller skating like oh I can add that to my resume and it's one of those things where you just start doing things to add it to your resume rather than to like bring joy into your life Uh, is there something in the industry also because I have to imagine it is but kind of resume packing and then when you have all of those different skills you don't really do any of them particularly well and like maybe a casting director looks at it and like oh they just added a bunch of crap that maybe they don't aren't passionate about do you guys think yeah. that it's it's better for having just maybe even just one or two really crazy things on your resume that they're like this is this is my hobby this is my passion is mm-hmm. that better or having maybe like 10 or 15 skills well, you know, somebody, I don't know the way that somebody phrased it, but I recently about three separate kind of sources, I guess, like a person, a video I had watched, they all sort of kind of said the same thing, where it was like, if you kind of try to overpack something with all these extra little details, you're like almost overcompensating for not having enough confidence in what actually matters, mm-hmm. which is your acting or, you know, what the actual root of the goal is, which in most cases is simply like okay 
you either are really great for this part or this role because you brought something incredible or whatever. But so I guess with that said, I don't think it really matters to put a bunch of different things just because it might be like, oh, well, this person, you know, she's familiar with a horse, you know, and this is a horseback riding thing. But it's like, ultimately, I think at the end of the day, like you're going to get cast based on if you have the same vision for the character and the story as the director and casting director and producers have for this role character and film or whatever it is and if you're good at what you do so I don't think that it actually really matters that much what kind of things you put so I would say probably just put the things that you truly are passionate about yeah, I, I have to agree with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with putting, you know, beginning ASL or beginner horse riding because yeah. then they at least know you're familiar with it. But it, it should be stuff that you are like, this is the best. I know that I am the best at this or, you know, I don't think there's yeah. much value in putting a bunch of random things that you're okay at rather than having like right. the handful are like, no, I do a Cockney accent like really well. So I'm only going to put that yeah. one. You know what I mean? Like that kind of. Definitely. Uh, yeah, because it can mm. it can totally get into that realm where people are just like, well, the more skills I have, the more castable I am. Which to a degree, yeah, yeah kind of. I mean, I'm not going to go to a casting call where I need to have MMA skills because I don't have those. But if that's something that <laughs> I, you know, want to do, then I'm going to put in the work to have those skills. Right. I don't think having yeah. a bunch of random ones is going to be like, oh, wow, look at this person. They can do so much. Let's see what they can do for us. And right. I totally agree with what you said about it's, you know, you have to match up with how everyone sees the character and you're nine times out of 10 not going to do that. And that's fine. But right. you don't really want to be in that situation anyway, because then it's not going to be the most truthful experience. Right. Yeah. I had been watching a Kate Hudson do a live on Instagram uh, a, a couple months back and she said exactly that. She was like, you know, whenever I go into an audition room, I bring what I bring. And she's like, if I don't get cast, I'm happy about it because I don't want to get cast in a film or a show where the vision that I had for the character isn't what the, they have and vice versa, because then, you know, you're not going to create something great. You're always going to be butting heads and it's not going to be authentic and true to who you are and what you're bringing to the table so i was like oh that's a really yeah. cool way to look at it yeah you're auditioning the character for yourself it's not them judging you it's it's taking the onus right. out of oh i i didn't get the job because i'm a bad actor or i'm right. i didn't yeah. do this right i messed that up it's yeah. i didn't get the job because it wasn't a right fit yeah, which right. I think is the healthiest mindset that we can have as actors. And I think it took a long time for people to realize. I mean, it, I'm still going through it, but it's like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's so like, I mean, it's so personal. You're literally you are your product. So when you get rejected, yeah. you're like, oh, it's me. I'm the problem. But it, you know, being able to have a mindset of like, no, if it's not right for me, then it's not right. And that's okay. And the right thing will come along. Right. Really can make it mentally easier for you as well to get through this business because it's a toughie. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Hey everyone, just wanted to hop in really quick before we get into our final questions to let you know where you can find Jackie. Her Instagram is at Jacqueline Sislowski. Her TikTok is Jacqueline Sislow, and her Twitter is J Sislowski. Uh, if you need to know how to spell that, you can look at the title of this episode. Cool. <laughs> Let's jump into our final questions. So what do you think is the hardest thing about pursuing the arts for yourself? 
Ooh, hardest thing is comparing my journey to other actors' journeys. That is the hardest part, I think, for me. Especially just like, yeah, there's so much, I guess, I could say about that, but to shorten it, it's just, I believe in destiny and stuff like, you know, what's meant to be is will be. Obviously, within that time, you're working as hard as you can for it. But because of that, I always kind of compare like, oh, you know, people have made it like Margot Robbie. I'm like, oh, this is how she started. And this is how how much she loves this stuff. And this is the way she looks at it. And I'm like, okay, well, let me compare how I started and see, okay, is that also going to happen for me then since I did this, this, mm-hmm. and this? So it is kind of the same thing where it's like, okay, you have to just think about yourself what you're doing be passionate about it know that you're doing your best work hard keep going and not compare it to other people I think that's the hardest part and just keeping that focus on like this is what I love this is why I'm doing it and not having like an expectation but just doing it because it's what you love and not like putting this end goal I guess in a sense I love that do you have a, just to go on a little bit of a tangent, is there some kind of guiding star for you as to why you love what you're doing right now? I love it because I've always loved, honestly, like my favorite part has always been the set, like, which honestly has been kind of a struggle for me too, because I, I think about, you know, I listen to so many actors interviews and they, you know, they're always like, oh, I love every piece of material I get and I love this and I'm constantly reading plays and stuff. And I'm not the same in that regard, but like I, when I do get a script that I am in love with or I get on the set and just the people, the crew, the environment, the fast-pacedness. Fast, is that a word? Fast-pacedness? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So how fast-paced it is. <laughs> I love that. The the environment and I just, I don't know. I guess that's like what draws me to it. And I love, you know, I do love when I get a really cool story and living through somebody else's life and seeing it affect people. And I don't know. I love that it's always kind of changing. It's always something new. And I just love the environment of it. And then obviously seeing the end result and seeing something really cool that so many people came together to make. Yeah, I, I agree. It's 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 pretty incredible when you think about it. <laughs> Just the amount of yeah. moving pieces that there are. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Next question. Totally not the same wavelength at all. What is your favorite piece <laughs> of art right now? Ooh, in what sense piece of art? Like it could be a song. It could be a movie, TV oh. show, a physical piece of art. Painting. Yeah. A jug. Ooh. A jug. You know what? I don't know if this constitutes as art, but all of a sudden I have been obsessed with colors. Like usually in my my wardrobe and like the way I kind of dress my house is usually like neutral tones, like white, black, mm. olive colors. But recently I am just obsessed with just colors all around my house. So plants are like my newest thing. I've got this like wicked cactus plant that I had no idea was going to sprout something from within it. It looked like an asparagus was growing outside of my cactus. And now it's turning into like this, I don't even know what it is. It looks like a miniature palm tree with flowers on it. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. That counts as art, 100%. Yeah, yeah, right? No, I it mean, totally does. Are art. They are, yeah. <laughs> are but only well. cactus. But only- <laughs> yeah. Or cacti, sorry. Cacti. They're, they're cacti. so strange. Yeah. Cacti. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Amazing. So exactly in the same line of thought, what keeps you up at night? 
Oh my gosh, what keeps me up at night? Well, we'll be here till nighttime because the list goes on. Here we go. I'm <laughs> what, ready. Oh man, what doesn't keep me up at night? I my mind that never ceases to stop churning. And what keeps me up at night is uh, Harry Potter. That it's that it's over. That those three kids got to grow up on such an incredible set. How Margot Robbie is a real human being keeps me up at night. <laughs> Fair. You really have a what thing for else? Margot Robbie. I love it. Yeah. And it just frustrates me because she's just, it's, she's just so cool and chill and like, yeah. And it's like, oh, but you're also like Margot Robbie. It, like Margot Robbie. <laughs> like what? Also food. Food keeps food you up Food keeps night? me up at night. Yeah. Sometimes I, I will find, sometimes I'll just surf uh, Uber Eats to look at cool stuff. And then I'm like, oh man, I'm really hungry. And it's 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> i get that too i i just go to the pantry though and and i eat my my feelings your your healthy (laughs) snacks my my healthy snacks Uh, i've been having a lot of seaweed those uh little seaweed chip things yeah like the like the flats of seaweeds like yeah the kind that you wrap yeah the sheets seaweed sheets seaweed sheets the best midnight snack there you go. <laughs> we we should get a jingle going. Oh my goodness! Yeah, no, I don't seaweed think trees. <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. The seaweed okay. sheets. Seaweed oh! sheets. Ready? One, two, three. Harmony. Seaweed sheets. Oh. <laughs> I can't hold a tune to save my life. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> You we'll, would we'll think fix we it in could, post. But it, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's what that's what attitude is for. Oh, my oh wait, I want to take back my 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 plants. Sorry, plants love you. No, <laughs> my actual I forgot. How can I forget? Dude, Margot Robbie. Chris No, Chris. <laughs> she's second she's third to the plants. Oh, okay. Chris D'Elia. Oh. Do you guys follow Chris D'Elia? No, no, but I've seen him. <gasps> Crystal, I'm oh it up my right god! Now. Hold on. He, on Insta, I listen. Yeah, he's my favorite comedian of all time. Oh wow! He has he's, his he's podcast. Kind of... He's what? Oh yes, I know Chris kind of... Oh my god! Yeah, he's, he's kind I of a, abrasive, right? Dude. Yeah. <laughs> abrasive. Mitch, all my, my mom gets a little bit abrasive. concerned. Yeah. yeah what, what's his? She's like, why do you podcast? find these old men who are angry so funny? And I was like, I don't know. I just do. I don't know. But it's, it's just, also because I feel like an angry man on the inside. So maybe that's why. Uh, don't we all? <laughs> well, well, we found the title for the episode. Jacqueline I feel like an, an angry, old, angry man. an angry comedian on the inside, an angry male comedian, Power Ranger or angry man. <laughs> Por qué no los dos? Oh my goodness! Oh, wow. Oh, we still have. I just I'm enjoying the conversation. I forgot we have one more question left to ask. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, you're good. You're good. All right, here we go. Last question. What one piece of advice would you give someone who wants to pursue the arts? Let's see. I guess it would just be as cliche and simple as just do it if you love it. Like if that's like just don't do it for any other reason but the fact that you love it and this is the environment, the passion, the work that you want to do. And I would say if that's the case, then definitely don't get discouraged and find 
every way that you can to constantly be networking, connecting, learning new things, and do keep the the side hobby or a, a kind of another thing to also keep your mind occupied. So like we talked about earlier, it doesn't kind of consume your life in the way that it makes you kind of come off desperate or just something that's not as healthy as just doing it, you know, in a more relaxed state of mind. Right. You're you're doing it to kind of fill yourself with energy rather than deplete it all. Yes, true. Killer. And don't set your standard as high as Margot Robbie because, oh God, she must eat something <laughs> else in, in Australia. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. For more information about the podcast, visit our website, www.artisticpodcast.com. If you liked the episode, do us a favor and share it with a friend. It's the best way to help people find our podcast and will help support the show. For updates on new episodes and content, you can follow us at The Artistic Pod on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next week. See ya. Go, go, Gadget. Power Ranger. Let's do completely separate franchises, Mitchell. Yeah, I'm I'm it's proposing Power Rangers Go. I'm a mashup. Sure. Uh, or oh. Power Rangers Unite. No, no. By our by our powers combined, we are go, go, Power, Power Rangers. Rangers. That's what it is, right? I feel like again they have they all have like kind of sep- like um similar but a little bit different. What if Go Go Gadget and Power Rangers was the same universe? I, and then oh. Go-Go Gadget turned into an evil character that turned yeah, into a I gobbledygook. Mean, that's the only, that is the only way that that could work. Like, that's the only universe that I would want for that. Yes, I, I wish I knew more lore about um, Power Rangers, but is is the bad guy always like a pimply green dude? No, I feel like there's... Uh, mm, God, we should have Jacqueline here for this. I don't think so. I think the I think it's multiple depending on because again, there's more than one like Power Ranger. I think there's more technically than one Power Ranger universe. To be honest, I'm really glad that I looked this up because um, apparently um, one of the bad guys, uh, his mm-hmm. name is Babu. Babu, Babu. Hey, Babu. <laughs> What you doing? What? Nope. Hey, Babu, what's in the picnic basket? That's the worst. That is the worst Yogi Bear impression I've ever done in my life. Oh, my God. Oh, no, it's Finsta. But there's a bad guy called Finster. So maybe that's the original of a a Finsta, right? Right? It's just somebody with like a really thick accent saying, It's your Finster, isn't it? Get off that Instagram. Uh, <laughs> There's also a bad guy named Squat. <laughs> squat? <laughs> yeah. And then his final action is, you ain't no diddly squat. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got dad's wheeze laughter. New podcast idea. We just create fan fiction for Power Ranger villains. Mitch, that's called Wattpad. That exists already. It's just fan fiction in general. Oh, ah, that really, that hit me. That was, that was funny. That was good. Uh, 
All, All right, right, I'm well. done. <laughs> <laughs> All the funnies run out. Yep. Bye, everybody.